Um, it's a privilege to, to have you with us this morning. It's not the usual face you see on, on the screen, on, on the podium today, but I believe that um, there's a word from God today that would, uh, that would really come and touch our lives. Praise God. But before we start, let's just, let's just say a word of prayer. Let's just commit the next 20 minutes, half an hour before God. And let's just pray and just say to God, our Father, Lord, whatever is in our hearts this morning, Father, Lord, we drop at the door. Just commit it all to him this morning. Just pray that God will give you an open heart this morning. Whatever worries, whatever concerns, whatever is in your hearts this morning, just declare that, Father, Lord, I leave it by the door this morning, O oh God. I want to hear from you, O oh God. Father, I want to hear from you this morning, O oh Lord. Father, Lord, we pray you speak to us, O oh Lord, this morning in the name of Jesus. King of kings, we give you praise. Father, Lord, we bless your holy name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. It's the last Sunday. It's the last Sunday of, uh, of January. Um, it, it's always easier when you take the sermon on the last Sunday of January because, you know, all you need to do is to just look at the last, uh, the previous Sundays, you know, and, and learn a thing or two from what. Uh, if I use the word more learned people, you know, before me have done uh, and, uh, and find a way to, to bring some meaning out of it so that you can, then, you can then share something, you know. So a lot of the things I'm going to be going through today might be things you might have heard already, but maybe in a different, in a different dimension. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a month of divine direction. And I was pondering on that, on that word, you know, what divine direction. And so many times when you, you know, when you hear divine direction, you know, you, 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 you perhaps link it to maybe there's something you're trusting God for and you're praying and all of a sudden you hear that word. Praise God. You know, um, all of us want to hear that word. If, if only, you know, we could, if only everything God could just keep on saying and saying, do this, do that. Um, and a lot of times, you know, God does that as well. Um, but sometimes it's not, you might not hear the word. You know, or you might not hear a word, um, but you're working in divine direction. And what do I mean by that? You know, you know the Bible records in, in, I think it was in Genesis, you know, when God appeared, you know, before Abraham. And he said, you know, walk before me and be righteous. Walk before me and be holy. Praise God. Um, so what does that mean? What does divine, divine direction mean? Divine direction means going in the direction of God. Right, because the word divine itself is 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 is, is, of, is of a deity. The word divine itself is of God. So when you say divine direction, it means that you're you're following the direction that God wants you to follow. So when God says to Abraham, "Walk before me," does that not mean that Abraham is walking in the direction God wants him to walk? So which one comes first? You know, is it God saying this is the way you should go, or is it Abraham taking a step out? And just saying, God said I should walk, so I would walk. Because the person behind me, which is God, would not let me go astray. Praise God. So there's a place of faith there in terms of, um, I'm not really sure what I should do. Um, there's a few options of what we should do. And I've been praying about it. I've been seeking the face of God about it. And at some point, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step. And I trust that God is behind me. And I trust that the God that is behind me will direct me in the right way. Praise God. So on one hand, you know, yes, you, you could hear from God. You know, I remember very, very clearly, 
you know, going back 10, 10 years ago, when God said to me very, very clearly that I said I would establish in this country, you know. But there are other things I might have done in my life as well that I'd never, I did not hear clearly, but I knew in my spirit that I knew this was a step I had to take. Praise God. But the summary is, you know, divine direction, he, it has to be the direction of God. Praise God. But we know that God is a spirit. Praise God. So if, if, if you're going to walk in divine direction, you're going to walk in the spirit. So let's look at John 10 first. John 10, 4 to 5. Again, like I said, you know, some of these scriptures are scriptures that we've looked at even over the last, over the last month or the last couple of weeks. Um, John 10 from verse 4 to 5. It says, and when he put it forth his own sheep. Praise God. It did not say when he put it forth the sheep. When he put it forth his own sheep. So, permit me to say that if you're a born-again child of God, you are the sheep for the shepherd. Praise God. If you're not a born-again child of God, it's a different ballgame entirely. That's the honest truth. Because the shepherd did not leave his own sheep to go and look for another sheep. Praise God. It says, when he put it forth his own sheep, it says, he go out before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Praise God. For they know his voice. It then says, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. It therefore means that there are so many shepherds. Praise God. You know, you have, you have one voice that you should follow. Um, but there's also so many other voices. You know, so there's a voice to follow, but there's also so many other voices that, 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 that are also speaking. Um, there's a shepherd, and there's also strangers, if I can use that word. Praise God. John 10, 27, the same chapter then says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Praise God. So the question you're asking then is, you know, to get divine direction has to be to follow God. For me, there's no other way to look at divine direction than to follow. And like I said at the beginning, you know, divine direction is not just hearing that word. It's not just, you know, um, I, I, so I mean, maybe like you, um, uh, for me, there's, there's a certain time um, that God always speaks to me. And it's always a particular thing that I'm doing in that time that I'm hearing. And I think maybe it's possible that maybe, you know, the Bible says it leaves me beside the still waters. It's possible that that is the only time that God realizes that, you know what, this, this is when there's no noise around this guy. This is when things are quiet. This is when he can hear me properly. So, okay, I'm going to send my word. Um, but that's not just, that's, that's not the only um, area where you get divine direction. Um, like we said before, it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So divine direction is in following. Praise God. But to follow is also to worship. You know, because um, if, you, if you look at it, right, what does the word worship means? You know, you're in reverence of somebody. You regard what that person says. Uh, you look up to that person because that person is your source, for example. If you have a pet, your pet might worship you because you provide food for the pet. You provide clothing for the pet. Praise God. Um, if you're a leader in your workplace, there might be some form of followership, worship for you because people look up to you. 
So, to follow is also to worship. So, when we say divine direction is following God, divine direction really is worshiping God. Praise God. And again, worshiping is not, is not you know, I, I love a wonderful worship session. You know, it is great. Emotions pour. Um, the spirit moves. And you can feel God almost hugging you and, 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 um, and just telling you, it's okay, my son. You know? So I love a wonderful worship session. Um, but that's not, that's not the only worship. You know? Um, I mean, the Bible records um, when it was saying, is this the fast that I've called? You know, is this the fast that I've called to, 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 to heal the sick? You know, to declare liberty to the captives. Praise God. That is worship. Worship is doing what God wants us to do. Worship is doing the will of the Father. Worship is not, is not only when we, when we lift our voices up. And yes, that is worship as well. You know, so please, you know, don't, that, that is worship as well. You know, the Bible records in Revelations, the four and twenty elders all day, all night, you know, bowing down and, you know, going down and getting up and, 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 and declaring, you know, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Praise God. So that is worship as well. That is reverence. But there's more to worship. So if you're going to follow God, you know, if you're going to follow God or if you want divine direction, you have to follow God. If you are, if you are following God, you have to worship God. To worship God, you have to do the will of the Father. Praise God. You have to do what the Father wants, wants you to do. So, again, like I said at the beginning, what is divine direction? Is it, is it hearing the word of what you should do? Or is it taking a step based on the precept you've seen already and trusting that the God that is behind you will then direct your steps? Praise God. So, let's look at First Samuel 38. For Samuel 38. Um, if, I, if I paint the background to this, you know, so um, there was a town and the, the, the Philistines had attacked the town and had taken away um, people captive. Um, and I, I believe they took either one or two of, of, of David's wives as well captive. And, and the people were angry at David um, and um, they were even about to, 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 to lynch him, you know. Um, and, and David, the first thing David did was to inquire from the Lord, you know, so dependence on God, to go back to the source, to say, David inquired of the Lord. I'm reading verse 8, 1 Samuel 30. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you will recover all. And then David pursued. Praise God. If you read Ezekiel 36, 27, it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Praise God. So, cause you to follow in my footsteps. Right? So, as Christians, for example, we're following in the footsteps of Christ. And cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and you shall do them. That is worship. That is, that is walking in divine direction. John 4.24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, so we've, we, can, we, can, we can agree 
that divine direction is the direction that God wants you to walk in. And how do you walk in God's direction if, if not to follow what you've seen God show already? Um, we can also agree that to follow is to worship. Praise God. But how do you worship without having the Spirit? And that's what I want us to dwell on as we, you know, for the, for the final part of this. You know, how do we worship if we don't have the Spirit? Praise God. You know, like I said before, there's a shepherd and then there are strangers. There's the voice of the shepherd and there are other voices. Praise God. There is the Spirit of the Lord and there are spirits. Praise God. As a matter of fact, you know, if you read 1 Samuel, I think it's 16, you know, um, the Bible records that, and the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Praise God. The Spirit departed from Saul. And then, it then says, and a Spirit from God. Do you see? So this is not, you know, this is not, um, God is sovereign. God is, 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 um, is, is, is sovereign above everything. So every spirit is subject to God regardless. Praise God. Therefore, the Bible can say in that, in, 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 in that 1 Samuel 16, that the spirit of the Lord departed because there is that one spirit of the Lord. That's the spirit that beareth with us with your spirit. That's the spirit that is your conscience. That's the spirit that is, that is convicting you and challenging you and supporting and holding you. But it then says, and a spirit from the Lord, right, came upon Saul and troubled him. Praise God. So the question then is, which one should we have? You know, I think we know the answer to that. Well, you know, we should desire to have the spirit of the Lord, right? And we can also look at, you know, what is the difference? You know, what are the, what are the behaviors that you might see if if, um, if one is not walking in divine direction. You know, and, and you know, what, what I want to stress here is that it's always, you know, as Christians, it's always easy when, we, uh, when we're talking about these things and, and we, we compare it to, if I can use the word, people that might not be saved, for example. But, but we need to be careful when we do that because so many times these behaviors manifest even in a Christian's life as well. So, I mean, Saul was chosen of God. And at some point, Saul was humble. Because when Samuel appeared, you know, to, to Saul, Saul was saying to Samuel that, um, is, my, is my tribe not the smallest in all of Israel? And is my family not even the smallest in my tribe as well? You know, so Saul was humble. Yes, it was, it was you know, it was tall, it was good looking, it was handsome. But as a person, at some point, Saul was humble, you know? Um, and, and, and perhaps that's what God looked at, and that's what God looked at to then make him uh, king. But, you know, but things happened, you know, down the line. So let's look at, let's look at 1 Samuel 10, 6 first. So looking at when the Spirit of the Lord was upon Saul. Remember, we're looking at the Spirit of the Lord, and we're looking at a spirit, so let's look at when the Spirit of the Lord was upon Saul. We can start to pull out some of the behaviors that one should manifest if you have the Spirit of the Lord. So 1 Samuel 10, 6. So again, if I paint um, the background to this, um, you know, someone had spoken uh, to Saul. 
uh, and someone had said to Saul, you will do this, this, and this. You know, you would walk down, you would see a couple of people, they would be carrying loaves of bread, they would give this to you, you would walk down, you would meet another few people, they would give this to you. And then the Bible then said that, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon you, will come upon you rather, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So Saul met some prophets and Saul joined them in prophesying. Um, and people saw Saul and were wondering, oh, wow, is this not Saul? You know? Um, so some of the behaviors that Saul manifested there, one, will be obedience. Because Samuel, you know, told him, you'll do this, 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 and this. And Saul followed and did, did all that. If you look at 1 Samuel 11, 6 to 7, after Saul had been anointed, had been anointed king now, um, the Bible records again that um, the people were under threat, you know. So <laughs> um, they, they, the, the, the Philistines came to them um, and wanted to attack them. And the people wanted to make a deal with the Philistines. And then the Philistines said that, well, if you want a deal, then we should take one, one of your eyes each. And in that way, you can be servants to us. So the people were in great distress. And then Saul was, and when Saul heard that, and so that people were in distress, from 1 Samuel eleven sixty seven, it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. Praise God. So there was boldness there. Uh, there, was, um, um, there was courage. You know, Saul was not depending on man. Saul was depending on, on God. And if you read that chapter further on, you realize that the Bible records that the people became in fear of the Lord. They were not in fear of Saul. They were in fear of God. And because of that fear, they came out in numbers and they won the battle. So Paul, uh, Saul was dependent on God and not on man. Praise God. Saul had faith. Saul was selfless. It wasn't about him. right? It was about the will of God. That's when the spirit of the Lord was upon Saul. Praise God. Now let's look at when a spirit from the Lord, this time around now, when a spirit from the Lord is, came upon Saul. So, the, if you look at 1 Samuel 16, you know, we talked about that already. Um, it says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. You know, and Saul started displaying behavior such as jealousy. You know, so because David, David had killed Goliath, People sang his praises, and, and the story went, you know, the, the song was, David killed 10,000, Saul killed 1,000. You know, Saul became jealous. Saul became fearful because Goliath was challenging the Israelites for 40 days. For 40 days, Saul was in fear as well. Saul became a coward. There was pride. There was selfishness. There was disobedience. Praise God. And we'll look at a few of that today. We'll look at a few, a few um, chapters today. So if you look at, um, I think, if, if we start from uh, 1 Samuel 15, for example. 1 Samuel 15. 
And if we look at um, verse 3, and we'll read verse 10 to 23 as well. 1 Samuel 15. So the, 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 um, the order from God was in, in, in verse 3. It says, Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So according to the word from God, God wanted them in those days to destroy everything. But if you read further, if you, if you go to from verse 10 now, if you go to verse 10 now, I'll read. It says, Now when the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by. So one, he set up a monument for himself. Not for God, but for himself. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is the bleating of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, they, in other words, the day he meant there was the people that fought with him. They have brought them from, from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Let's pause. And I know that it's a very, very finicky uh, point here. But why is, why is God, or why is Saul rather, describing God to Samuel as the Lord your God rather than the Lord our God because after all God was also the Lord of Saul praise God there was something already happening there you know the spirit was already departing I'll read on it says then Samuel said to Saul be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night and he said speak on to Samuel said when you were little in your own eyes were you not head of the tribe of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? In other words, when you were small, God still held you up high because you depended on God. Why then? Sorry. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil? And do evil in the sight of the Lord. So verse 20 says, And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, and this is where I'm going, but the people took of the plunder. So the same Saul that killed his oxen and sent word out and said, you come out and fight for the God of Israel. And people were in fear. People came out and fight. The same Saul is now in fear of the people. It says, but the people took of the plunder, the sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Praise God. So we can see that straight away that there's, there's, there's a change in the behavior that Saul had 
when the spirit of the Lord was on him compared to when a spirit was on him. And if you read further, if you look at verse 24, for example, I'll just read the, the, the B part of that. It says, um, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So rather than obey the voice of God, obeying the voice of strangers, obeying the voice of other people, you know, and, and that's the difference between when, you, when you're talking about the spirit of the Lord and a spirit from praise God. Um, another example, let's look at 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13, and I'll read from verse 7. From verse 7. Praise God. Okay, so... It says, and some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from Saul. So he might have had a thousand, he might have had ten thousand, but gradually the numbers began to dissipate. And Saul was looking at that declining number rather than looking at God. You know, the Bible says, and looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, if you look at the story of Peter, you know, when Peter walked on water, you know, as long as Peter looked, praise God, as long as Peter looked unto Jesus, Peter walked on water. You know, and the Bible recalls, and then Peter looked at the storm. You know, and I like the way the Bible described it. They said, and saw that the storms were high. And then Peter began to sink. You know, so in the same case here, Saul was looking at, oh my God, the numbers are declining. You know, the people are declining. So I'll read on. So from, from verse 9, it says, So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Let's just pause there. Why don't you think, you know, uh, you know into the past? And have there been times that, you know, you're, you're trusting God for something and you're holding out and you're holding and you're holding out. And for some reason, you decide to, you know, take matters into your own hands, you know? And then perhaps, after you've done that, you then think, oh, wow, maybe I should have just continued to wait. You know? God's time is always the best. Praise God. So I'll read on. And someone said to him, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered. Do you see? When I looked around me and I saw chaos. When I looked around me and there was no growth. When I looked around me and I did not see God move. Right, I saw the people were scattered from me, and that he did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, Then I took matters into my hands. Praise God. So, how are you walking in how are you walking in divine direction? Is by following the will of God, not by taking matters into our own hands. It says, Then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal. And I have not missed application to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered 
a burnt, a burnt offering. Do you see? So there's a difference between the spirit of the Lord and a spirit. And I think we need to constantly challenge ourselves to make sure that, you know, we're growing in the spirit. Praise God. Now let's look at 1 Samuel 17. This is a popular chapter we know. You know, David killed Goliath. I think as a, even as a young, young man, even maybe four or five years old, that was one of my favorite chapters because, you know, it's the story of the underdog. It's amazing when, you know, that underdog, you know, kills this big giant. And he, he, even, it makes you feel like there's nothing you can accomplish. Praise God. If you have the God, the living God behind you. So let's look at 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. And I'll read, um, I'll start from verse 11. 1 Samuel 17, verse 11. Okay. It says, when Saul, so remember that the spirit had departed now. When Saul and David had been anointed king by this time. It says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So again, if there is a spirit, then there will be fear rather than faith. It says, but then enter David. Enter the anointed king in chapter 20, in verse 12. You know, now David was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. And it goes on. And then Jesse sent David, right, to the battlefront to go and deliver some food to his brothers. So I'll jump to, 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 to verse 26. So verse 26 then says, says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away, do you see, and takes away the reproach of Israel? So, so David was not saying it because he wanted to take glory. David was saying it because this Philistine was challenging the God of Israel. This Philistine was challenging Israel. So he says, what shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy? Sorry, verse 23. That he should defy the armies of the living God. Praise God. So, the difference between Saul and David there was that David had the spirit of the Lord. So, while Saul was waiting 40 days in fear to, to come out against Goliath, David, David stepped out. David was bold to step out. I'll read on. I'll go to verse 32 now. Verse 32 then says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Praise God. And for me, that summarizes the difference between, you know, the spirit of the Lord and a spirit or a spirit. When you have the spirit of the Lord, you're not looking at yourself. Praise God. If you're going to walk in divine direction, you would not look at what is in your hands. Because if you keep waiting for, oh, let one become two, let two become four, rather than trusting on God, 
then you can't walk in divine direction. You have to take a step of faith. You have to step out. Praise God. Um, I'll read on. And David's response is exactly that. David said, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. So when I was a little boy, is what David was saying. He says, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. You know, and David kept on testifying that, look, oh, I might be small, but because of the God behind me, this is what I've been able to do before. And therefore, this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like that as well. Praise God. Now let's go to verse 30. Verse 38, rather. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened the sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Praise God. Are you depending on material things? Or are you depending on God? You know, it's not the wealth. It's the source of the wealth. It's not the miracle. It's the miracle worker. Praise God. The armor could have worked for Saul. You know, so I'm not saying that, you know, the armor was not a good note. The armor could have worked for Saul. After all, the Bible says that it is God that gave, that gave us the power to get wealth. So if God helps you to create tools that will take you in the right direction, great. But the point is, don't look to the tools regardless. Look to the source of the, of, of the, of the tools. So verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hands and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had and a sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Praise God. So we see courage there. We see courage in, in the approach that David, David took. And my summary this morning is really, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's a case of the chicken and egg. Which one comes first? You know? Um, so people will argue that, well, the chicken lays eggs, so therefore the chicken must have come before the egg. But also, other people would argue that, but the chicken came from an egg. So, so the egg must have come before the chicken, you know? So in, in looking at divine direction, the question is, which one do you want? Is it to hear the word of God to say this is how you should go? Or... Is it for you to take that step of faith, you know, um, and trust that the God that is behind you will direct your steps? And for me, the answer is both. You know, the answer is both. There will be times that you would hear, you would hear that divine word, that it will be clear. It will be clear in your ears, you know, or in your heart. And there will be other times as well that it may not be clear, but this is a God that you've been working with already. Praise God. You know, so when God says, walk before me, you know, walk in my statutes. So this is a God that you've been walking with already. This is a God that you know his ways already. You know what he wants you to do. So therefore, there's also a place for stepping out in boldness. And I know you can't see this screen very, uh, properly, so apologies, but I'll read, I'll read the summary here. So, you know, they that worship God, worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's, that's the intimacy, right? And that is one thing that, you know, that God desires with man. 
Because the Bible records in Genesis that God came down, you know, in the cool of the day to commune with man. So intimacy with the Holy Spirit, with, with, with the Spirit, is key to boldness. Boldness is key to miracles. So are you searching for a miracle and you're, and you're waiting for that word? You're waiting for that word, you know, that, that, that gives you that divine direction. Why don't you go back to intimacy? It says someone who leads a balance. When I mean balance, what I mean by balance is a cautious life. You know, I have to see all the dots. And I have to cross all the T's before I make that step. You know, I mean, if you're married, for example, you would agree with me that, that, that stepping into marriage on its own, you know, you, you can't, I mean, uh, Pastor Jeffrey would say that, that marriage is the only, is the only course that you, 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 you're given a certificate before you take the course. Praise God. You know, it's the only one that you, you, you're learning through the marriage, but you're taking a step of boldness. You know, and the Bible says like, like a threefold cord that cannot be easily broken. Therefore, the Holy Spirit in that threefold cord will then continue to mold and guide you through. Praise God. It says, someone who leads a balanced life or a cautious and safe life would not step, would not dream of stepping out and praying for someone to be healed. So in divine direction, in worshiping God, in doing the will of the Father, you know, are you, are you part of a prayer group? Is there something burning in your mind? And you're saying, I need to, make, I need to, I need to pray. That's divine direction. It's, it's not, divine direction is not until you hear the word that says this is the way you should go. Praise God. That's also divine direction. Don't get me wrong. But let's look at the practicalities. The things that Christ did on earth. Healed the sick. You know, he says, but someone who has the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives will step out and pray for healing. Or the boldness to walk on water. Or the boldness to sacrifice. Or the boldness to cast out demons. You know, I, I, I've said it here before on, on, on this podium. You know, um, when my kids were young, um, there was a day that we were driving to church. Uh, it was an evening. And um, the, 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 my two boys were at the back of the car. And, and my, my, my wife and I, were, you know, were, were, were talking all the while we were driving. And I think we got carried away in our, in our discussions, you know, where, in our conversations. Unknown to us, you know, my boy, one of the boys at the back, had been unconscious. So as we got to church, we noticed. And the only thing I thought to do, which wasn't a bad thing, but the only thing I thought to do was, I'm going to carry this boy and run into the church and drop it at, at, at my pastor's feet. So yes, you will say that was faith. You know, and the pastor prayed, and the boy was well. And I was convinced that you know, the pastor would pray, and the boy would be well. I had faith. But why didn't I lay hands on that boy myself? You know, and that's something that still is always on my mind as well, every time. And that's another level of boldness. You know, the spirit, the spirit is not just for your pastor. The spirit of the Lord is for you as well. If you're going to walk in, in divine direction, you're going to step out in boldness. You're going to do things that you never thought you could do. And sometimes you will not hear that word. But you have to trust that the God, that your God is right behind you. Praise God. It says, all the boldness to challenge the prophets of Baal. You know, there might not be prophets of Baal today, but there's so many things that you see around as well. You know, are you bold to speak up and say, look, I love you, 
I care about you because the greatest commandment is to love our God and to love our neighbors. But this is my opinion according to my religion. This is my opinion. These things you do, I don't stand for it. For example, homosexuality. That's walking in divine direction. What God is looking for in this time, I mean, if you look around the last year, no one can say that the last year has not been different. And, and I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't think that we're, we're ever going to go back to a normal. Praise God. God is looking for people to step up now. The revival is coming. That's the truth. The revival is coming and God is looking for people to step up. So, if, are you going to wait to hear that voice? Or are you going to step up? It says, all the boldest to share their faith with a stranger. If you do not step out and take a risk, there's no chance of success. That's the truth. And, and for me, that is walking in divine direction. You know, our God is a, is a, is a, is a gracious God. He won't, God will not lead you astray. God will not, so, so if you're stepping out in faith, per adventure, that's not the right direction, the Spirit will direct you. Praise God. And to some I'm saying, stop playing it safe. You know, get back into that secret place. Get back into that place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You know, the same way that Elijah was fed, because the journey ahead is, 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 um, is, is too, was too much for him. You know, it's the same way that God wants to feed you in that place of intimacy for that journey ahead, for you to step out in divine direction. Develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit and then step out and live in that faith zone. Praise God. And for me, that's divine direction. You know, there's a lot that's going to happen this year. There's a lot that we're going to do this year. There's a lot, there's a lot that God, God wants to do through you this year. Go back to intimacy. You may hear the word. You may step out in faith. But remember that God will never leave you. Praise God. Can we just pray together this morning and just give God praise? Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Why don't you ask him this morning that this word will germinate in your heart? Why don't you ask him this morning for courage, for boldness to step out? To step out and be counted to step out, to declare. Let's stop putting our Jesus in our boot of our car. Let's make Jesus the, the one directing the car itself. Why don't you pray this morning, whatever, whether it's in your, in, in your workplace, you know, whether it's, it's in your academia, in the school, in the university, that indeed that you will step out and you'll be counted for God in the name of Jesus. Father, help us, O God. Lord, help us to be counted, O oh Lord. Father, help us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We want to step out in divine direction. We want to step out in faith, O oh God. Lord, build our faith for the journey ahead, O oh Lord. Father, Lord, we pray, O oh Lord, this morning, as the revival breaks forth, O oh God. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that we will be counted, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father Lord, we pray this morning, O oh God, that through the mouths of babes you would speak, O oh God. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that through the mouths of your children, O oh Lord, Lord, you would declare your prophecies, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we give you praise, O Lord. Father, we worship your holy name. Thank you, God. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, I just commit your children before you this morning. I just pray, O Lord, just as we talked about your spirit, O God, that your spirit will go forth this morning into every home. Lord, into every corner, everyone that has heard this morning. Let your spirit, O God, dwell with them, O God. That spirit of the Lord, O Lord. That spirit of the Lord. Father, Lord, we cast any other spirit out. The Bible records, O Lord, that we will bring into submission anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we cast every spirit out, O God. And Father, Lord, we welcome the spirit of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Help us to walk in divine direction, O God, even as we go through the rest of this year. O Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you, God, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I'm sure you've been blessed. Uh, I just want to encourage you to please um, ensure to dwell upon that word as you go through this week. You know, Pastor Jeffrey made a point last week, uh, last year, uh, only a month ago, that the way you finish December determines how you start 2021. Permit me to say that the way you finish January determines how you start February as well. So as we walk into February together as a people, I want to pray that indeed that God, the Spirit of God, will remain with us in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.